Hello everyone and welcome to season two of the Vampire Diaries Diaries, your weekly fan podcast um, outlining the hijinks and murders of teenage vampires in Mystic Falls, Virginia. My name is Beth and I am joined by my esteemed co-host Claire and we're excited to bring you season two, episode one, The Return. Oh god, and what a return it was. Who are they talking about, Claire? Uh, Aragorn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, we uh, appreciate your patience uh, coming back with season two. We had some big stuff going on, uh, some slightly bigger than others. As you know, Beth just got married and had her honeymoon. I did. It was very, very fancy. No, it wasn't. It was, <laughs> but it was really awesome and... I'm really happy, but it took up a lot of time, and my priorities got misaligned, and we happened to miss a week or two of recording. Oh my gosh. That's so unacceptable. I know, but luckily no vampires crashed my wedding, and we got to take a few pictures in the photo booth with our boner faces. Mm-hmm. And something very special happened during the ceremony as well. Oh, that's <laughs> right. I, I forgot. Um, let me tell the people about Mike, my husband, that still feels weird to say. His vows actually contained a reference to the Vampire Diaries. They sure did. He said, in the words of a famous teenage, or what do you say? Something <laughs> about an old teenager. Yeah, in the words of an old wise teenager, I had to know you. It was really <laughs> cute. And I also shouted out Leslie Nope and Ben Wyatt in my vows. So we both yes. kind of wanted to make a cultural reference during our vows. They both had some very good vows. I was entertained. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we liked them. They were good. <laughs> I wish that I didn't cry and then snot during mine, but I couldn't help it. I think everybody was crying and snotting during <laughs> your wedding. I hope so. <laughs> and then we all got drunk. Oh, we sure did. It was a good party, right? It was. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't do it again because it was perfect, but I also miss it and I wish that we could do it again. <laughs> well, hey, maybe like every few years you guys can get divorced and then remarry. Yeah. Or just like renew your vows. Yeah, I was like, I forget who I was talking to the other day, but I was like, I will never get divorced because I saw how much work it was to have a wedding. <laughs> and I feel like a divorce would be, be even worse because you don't get to have like a fun party full of joy at the end of it. Yeah. Unless you're Jack White, didn't he and Karen Elson have a divorce party? I think they did, but they're way cooler and more mature than me. I would never be able to do I don't know about that. I think Jack White's kind of an asshole. Oh, really? I don't know. Like, I guess all I know is his cool persona. (laughs) I don't know about him individually. Well, anyway, enough about Jack White. Yes, Uh, So (laughs) we were both equally to blame for the delay because I just got back from a very fancy and important business trip to Toronto. Ooh, tell I us have, about the Great White North. I'm going to have a, a story in, a story or two in Why Are Men from that trip, but overall it was good. I'm happy to be back, even though politically I would much rather be in Canada. Yeah. But yeah, I'm really glad to get back to the podcast and get through season two, the best of all seasons. Uh, Judging by this episode, it does seem like it's going to be the best season. A lot of shit went down, and it was really good. Yeah, I kind of felt like, quality-wise, this episode... 
It was better than the pilot of season one, obviously. Yeah. But, like, compared to the finale of season one, it was a step down. And it kind of reminded me that as good as the season finales are on this show, the season premieres are always a little bit low-key, which is weird to say in an episode where certain things that happened in this episode happened. (laughs) Yeah. But a lot of it was just, like, people arguing with each other. That's true. There wasn't any big action. The majority of the things that you were like, oh, shit, were emotional. Yeah. And then one big oh, shit at the end. Yes. Or one or two. Which is a low number for this show. Yeah. I'm, like, rewatching Friday Night Lights right now, mm. and I just watched the season two, um, yeah, the first episode of season two. Oh, that season is the bad one. It is. It's horrible. Um, but I was watching a trailer for BoJack Horseman, and they mm. were saying something like, sometimes life is like season two of Friday Night Lights. <laughs> you have to get through the hard part to get to, like, what really matters. And I, I kind like of feel that way about season twos of many shows, but it seemed to be off to a fairly strong start here. I think what usually happens with shows is season two is either a big disappointment they have to come back from, or it's the best season of the show. Yeah. Because I feel like Gilmore Girls season two is the best season. Yeah, for sure. And same with maybe Buffy. But anyway, uh, The Vampire Diaries... <laughs> Uh, we start the episode with uh, just kind of a little revisit of the ending of the season finale where Uncle John is getting his fingers chopped off in the kitchen. Hooray. Jeremy's ODing upstairs. Hooray. Damon thinks he just made out with Elena. Not so hooray. Yeah, that was a little sad. So Elena comes home and she's like on the phone with Stefan like, I love you, blah, blah. And then she calls out to Jeremy, but here's no response. But here's some kind of, like, crashing coming from the kitchen. Oh, no. Because Uncle John Gilbert was just stabbed, and Catherine's still in the house. And she's zooming around like it's a horror movie, like, always just out of Elena's sight line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Uncle John is basically, like, bleeding out on the floor. So Elena runs in. And she grabs a towel and, like, presses it on his stab wound for a hot second. I guess we saw in the season finale of last season that she stabbed him after she cut off his fingers, right? Yeah. yeah. So he didn't have his ring on anymore. Yeah. And could therefore die for realties. For sure. So Elena is, like, trying to save Uncle John for, like, two seconds. But then she gets distracted, I guess, because uh, Catherine is zooming around and he's, like behind you Um, (laughs) so she's trying to look for Catherine or I guess she doesn't know that it's Catherine but she knows that there's like some sort of violent presence in the house that just stabbed the shit out of Uncle John and she like grabs the knife that's still covered in his blood and starts wandering around the house she did call an ambulance so like she's on it but she's not applying pressure to the wound anymore no so she is kind of just looking around. Catherine keeps zooming and finally zooms out and slams the door behind her. And suddenly Elena's like, shit, Jeremy. Because I guess whoever stabbed Uncle John could have also done something to Jeremy. But no, he just did something to himself. He very dramatically drank Anna's blood and took some pills. And Elena runs up to check on him. And... He wakes up, and they're not sure if he's becoming a vampire or not. Yeah, so is it at this point when she calls Stefan over? Yeah, I think so. Because she needs his, like, vampire detector skills, 
to know if he's transitioning or not. Oh, yeah. So Stefan, like, looks um, Jeremy in the eye, and he's like, he's fine. He didn't take enough pills to actually do anything. In fact, the, the presence of Anna's blood in his system made him heal faster, which has been my favorite um, moment of this season so Absolutely. Far. Oh, my God. That was so good. Too dumb to even turn into a vampire properly. I mean, it is what I was saying last week. If he really meant it, he wouldn't have taken pills. Yeah, and also he took, like, Tylenol. I mean, yeah. I feel like you can probably OD on Tylenol, but you probably need a lot. Yeah, more than one partially used vial. Yes. So Jeremy's like, damn it, I wanted to be a vampire. And Elena's like, why? And he's like, because Anna's dead. I'm like, wouldn't that want you to make you want to be a vampire less? So, like, the two ladies that you've been involved with were both murdered in the last year. So, like, why do you want to live forever, girl? Exactly. Like, you had Vicky, and then she was gone, and then you wanted to do it for Anna, and now she's gone, and now you a fool. I guess, like, his reasoning is he wants to be able to switch off his emotions like the vampires do, but even Um, that is stupid. It is. If you want to magically not be sad about this, just take Damon up on his offer to make you forget. That's true. It's a lot less messy. to lose his pain. But anyway, he's, of course, still being a complete brat, and he's like, I don't need a babysitter, Elena. And it's like, you literally just tried to kill yourself. Yeah. We call it suicide watch in the industry. Yeah, it's true. And Stefan was like, now that you're back, if you try and kill yourself again, you will probably die because Anna's blood is leaving your system by the second. So. And he is like grabbing Jeremy by the face and like yelling it directly in his face, which he does a lot of in this episode. (laughs) He's like... It's almost as though he has been hanging out with Tyler Lockwood or something. Like, he has some rage going on today. For sure. So I think then we go to the hospital where uh, Caroline was taken after the car crash. Oh, you're right. So everybody's there. Like, Sheriff Forbes is there being really stressed out. Mm -hmm. Matt is still there. I think Bonnie's at the hospital Um, And Caroline is more or less in bad shape, so they're all kind of discussing the fact that she's not doing so hot. Yeah, and Damon comes in and, like, runs up to Sheriff Forbes and is like, Liz, I came as soon as I heard. How is she? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I forgot they were buddies. It always makes me happy when the show reminds me. I like their friendship. Yeah, I really do, too, because it's so bizarre. (laughs) And I feel bad that, like, Sheriff Forbes is in the dark, but whatever. It's the Vampire Diaries. This is the best we get. <laughs> Platonic male-female friendships in television are rare, so I like to see it. Yeah. But, of course, immediately Sheriff Forbes is like, I need your help. I'm a little too busy right now dealing with the fact that my daughter is possibly dying in the hospital, but that bitch Carol Lockwood is real mad that <laughs> her husband was thrown into a fire. And is now dead, so could you maybe look into, like, why the device affected him? Yeah, I just love the fact that, like, Sheriff Forbes kind of gives Damon little assignments throughout, like, the episodes. (laughs) She's like, hey, I'm really busy, so can you just do my job for me? Like, this is more personal than it has been in the past, but it it was also kind of funny. Um, He should get, like, an honorary deputy badge or something. Exactly. I don't know when it is, but it must be, like, in an upcoming scene. But 
Carol Lockwood pretty much blames um, Sheriff Forbes's deputies for the death of her husband. And it's like, excuse me, Sheriff Forbes didn't even know her deputies were part of this. Right? She uh, didn't want to do the plan in the first place. She got handcuffed to a desk and I like know. knocked unconscious. If, if, if it's anybody's fault, it's Mayor Lockwood's own fault. Exactly. I just... I know that I kind of jumped ahead a little bit, but it just popped into my mind and I couldn't let this episode go by without saying it. Yeah, I felt bad for the sheriff this episode because she was really sad. She's had a rocky relationship with Caroline on the show, but she obviously really cares about her. And it's it was a stressful night already having been knocked unconscious and chained to a desk while her deputies went rogue. And then on top of it, her daughter being in the hospital in critical condition or whatever. Uh, of course. But uh, I think then Elena shows up to check in and Bonnie just tells her, you know, she's not doing so hot. It, we don't know what's going to happen. And Damon has the idea. Or is Damon there? Yeah, Damon's there and he's... Is it his idea? I can't remember. Yeah, he's like, you know, if I were to give Caroline some blood... It'd be gone from her system within 24 hours, and it would help her heal a lot faster. Right. He'll, like, just give her a little bit, enough to heal, which is really the least he can do considering his history with Caroline. Right. Which I also try not to remember when I'm enjoying his friendship with her mother. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I, I, like, kind of think about those things as two separate entities, but they're not. And Elena, surprisingly, is like, hell no, don't give her blood. That's messed up. Like, you're literally fucking a vampire. Like, why Why is this such a, like, line to cross for you? Yeah, like, this is where you draw the line. Excuse me. But luckily... You fed I- your blood to a vampire to heal him. Yeah. Uh, that was really weird to me, that the fact that she said that. But luckily, Bonnie had some sense, and she's like, Elena, it's Caroline. We have to. Which was surprising to me. I would have expected Bonnie to be more the one to protest against giving blood to Caroline. Bonnie's got a new new attitude. She's really taking charge. She was like, do it, Damon. We can't let Caroline die. Damon kind of tries to be like, oh, now we'll be even after I do this for you. And she's like, no. Yeah. You're going to do it anyway because you love Elena. So get in there and feed your blood to this teenager. Oh, that's right. So I think at the hospital, um, does Stefan pop up and then they're chatting with Damon and Elena? I think what happens next is that Damon tries to pull Elena aside for a chat yes. about their makeout sesh because oh. he still doesn't know that it was not her. Oh, that's right. And he's like, yeah. Elena, we need, really need to talk about what happened. And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he's like, you can't pretend it didn't happen. I can't forget it. And she's just like, are you high? <laughs> and then Aunt Jenna pops out. And they have this conversation where Elena is saying that Aunt Jenna never told her she had to go talk to the fire chief. And they say, no, you didn't. Yes, I did. Like six times back and forth. (laughs) Until finally Damon realized, like, shit, that was Catherine. Yeah, it clicks for him. Oh, God. I was like, hey, Aunt Jenna, haven't really seen much of you lately. What's up? I know. Because, well, she saw them making out. Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised they didn't have a conversation about that in this episode. I know. I feel like that must have been like a deleted scene. (laughs) Maybe it'll come up later. But, yeah. It's awkward. 
And so they start heading back to the house, but Stefan is over there right now because he's babysitting Jeremy. Yeah. And the front door opens and quote unquote Elena walks in. But is it actually Elena? That's going to be the question we have to ask in every scene from now on. I know. I think that's why this episode was so confusing for me. Like, I knew who it was when I was watching it, but trying to write it down and keep track of who it was <laughs> was a little confusing. So, yeah. Who we think is Elena for a hot second walks into the house, and um, she's going in and sees Stefan, and Stefan starts kind of kissing her like hey how are you well they don't kiss oh do they not kiss i I thought that was important she like hugs him and and like holds him in her arms and then they're about to go in for the kiss but then he like bends her head backwards by the hair and face a face boner is like really hardcore at her yes because he's realized that it's but maybe they were just like touching closely yeah they were about to but he knew what was up And at first I assumed that Damon must have called him while they were on their way over, but I think he just figured it out for for himself because she was just acting a little weird. Yeah. And she wasn't dressed like Elena. No, like you said last episode too, um, Nina Dobrev is a really good actress and you could tell the difference between Elena and Catherine during these scenes, I feel Mm -hmm. like. Not just because of their differing hairstyles and outfits. (laughs) Yeah, I was just like, Elena would never wear black leggings with a belt with a giant silver buckle. Yeah. That's just not her style. Half the size of her torso, too. Yeah. She looked like Bad Sandy. That was what her outfit was. Oh, that's right. So true. (laughs) It was like, look at me. I'm an evil version of somebody you love. So they start like throwing each other against walls. And eventually, I think she just zooms out of the house because Damon and Elena are approaching. Yeah, and she kind of, like, snarls one thing at Stefan before she leaves. She's like, well, at least I fooled one of you. And she's referring to the fact that she got Damon to make out with her the night before. Yeah. Or earlier that night. Is it not the next day? How many things can happen (laughs) in one night? I, I think it's the same day. But they basically stand there and like, well, Catherine's back. Uh, what are we going to do? And Stefan wants to go um, visit Uncle John in the hospital and see what he knows since he was, you know, scheming with Isabel on Catherine's behalf last season. Mm-hmm. But Damon's like, no, we're going to just ignore her until she gets really frustrated and makes a move, which actually sounds like a pretty good plan. But also it's, like, connected to him being, like, all hurt because he found out that she wasn't in the tomb all that time. So he hates her right now. Yeah, for sure. I think that that was a good call, too. Like, it's clear that Catherine thrives off attention when she is around the people that she wants it from. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he, like, brings it to the next level. He's like, I'm just going to ignore the bitch. And then when she comes back, I'm going to stake her and then, like, rip her head off. Like, he just brings it to the next level right away. Mm Mm-hmm. But he doesn't escape that conversation without uh, Stefan asking him what she meant by, (laughs) I fooled one of you. Oh, yes. So, Damon pretty much has to fess up that, like, they had kissed. And Stefan was like, what do you mean you kissed? And I liked this 
moment <laughs> because Damon was like, you know, a kiss is when two people put their faces together and they kind of make like a sound or whatever. Thanks, Damon. Yeah, thanks, Damon, for that hot take. I wasn't quite sure what it was. And now that Kissing I'm lessons with Damon Salvatore. <laughs> um, but yeah, Stefan is super jealous that Damon made out with Catherine thinking that it was Elena. And Elena's standing right there like, he didn't kiss me, like, calm down. And this is like the first of several times in this episode that Stefan and Damon are arguing about this situation and she's standing right there like, dudes, more important things are going on right now. Can we just not? Yeah, exactly. So the next day there's some kind of wake or like group grieving pre-funeral party at the Lockwood Mansion and the whole town is going to show up and give their condolences yeah so the whole gang is there Um, Carol and Liz and Damon are kind of talking about um, the death of Mayor Lockwood yeah and this is where she's like it's your fault Leslie Forbes (laughs) oh my god Leslie Forbes Um, and she's basically saying like I knew him my whole life. He couldn't have been a vampire, mm-hmm. which is weird. Um, but then we get some reprieve from this conversation because sassy Uncle Mason drives up. Mm-hmm. And, um, In his truck. Yes. Apparently he's just a real chill dude that loves surfing. Um, he walks up to the house and Tyler's kind of standing outside greeting people and taking their condolences. And he's like, oh, I haven't seen you since I was 12, Uncle Mason. And then they embrace. It was kind of weird. I don't know. Yeah, it was kind of a clunky introduction. Like he drives up in his truck looking all like, hey, dude. Uh, He's played by Taylor Kinney, who is on one of those Chicago shows. I think it's Chicago Fire. Oh, that's why he looked familiar to me. But is most famous for his relationship with Lady Gaga. Oh, really? I didn't know that. I don't know if they're still together. I remember reading at one point that they were engaged, but I I don't know. I really only know him from this show. So when people are like, Taylor Kenny, he's such a babe. I'm like, Uncle Mason Lockwood? (laughs) And they have no idea what I'm talking about. I love it. But anyway, yeah, he's cool Uncle Mason... Uh, he's here to, you know, mourn his brother. And, yeah, he has a bad hairdo. He does. And he looks like Tyler and Merrill Lockwood a little bit, I thought. The yeah. actors, they all have, like, the same bone structure type of face. Except he has dreamy blue eyes. He does. He's definitely better looking than Tyler. That's for damn sure. Yes. And apparently he's a heartthrob now, so this was just the start for him. Good for you, Uncle Mason. <laughs> Get it, girl. <laughs> so while this is going on, um, Stefan and Elena take a brief detour to go check in on Uncle John at the hospital. Uncle Father John. And he's in, like, the creepiest, most depressing hospital room. It had no lights in the room. It was, like, the lights were off, but there were, like, auto lights in a room giving it, like, this creepy dungeon-y vibe. And I'm like, is this the same hospital that Caroline was in? Because that looked nice. Yeah. Uh, Maybe it was just his poor aura that was making the room seem so dreary. I guess so. So when he sees Stefan and Elena, he freaks out and tries to, like, hit the call button because I guess he thinks that Elena is Catherine coming to finish the job. 
even though her hair is straight and she's wearing normal clothes. Yeah, read the room, Uncle John. You should know that this is your daughter and not your overlord. I don't know what Catherine's relationship is. <laughs> I like overlord. Um, but basically, Uncle John is saying that he can't see the sight of, can't stand the sight of Elena being with Stefan and that no daughter of his would be caught dead with, with a vampire. And that he doesn't know why Catherine tried to kill him, but... He's, like, fed up or something along those lines, I think. Yeah. In the words of the dearly departed Anna, he's still a hater. Uh, He hasn't learned any lessons after, well, I guess it's only been, like, 12 hours since (laughs) he got stabbed. So much has happened. Do you think you would take a moment or two to reflect? Yeah. And Elena's trying to be, like, peacemaker. She gives him his ring back so he'll feel safe. And she's just like, please, Uncle John, you know, what do you know? Uh, they, There's a lot of, like, you should want to help your daughter. And, like, your daughter, my daughter. They, there's a lot of talk about her being his daughter, which is weird because, like, everybody just discovered it. And it seems to not really mean much of anything to anybody. True. Very true. So Elena leaves and Stefan's like, oh, I'll be right there. <laughs> And then he just, like, goes off the rails. He gets up in uh, Uncle John's face and feeds him, force-feeds him his blood and is like, if you don't leave town in the next 24 hours, I'm going to turn you into a goddamn vampire and watch you just hate yourself. Oh, that was a good line. Yeah. And More he was really in his face, face, too. And I was like, will they rage kiss right now? Especially since Uncle John had Stefan's blood all over his face. Exactly. And because Stefan, like, wants him dead. Yeah. It was very intense for Stefan. It was. It surprised me, actually. Like, I was almost like, wait, does Stefan have an older doppelganger that's acting on his behalf? But it was just truly Stefan. Yeah. I think he's just, like, at the end of his rope. Because, like, Uncle John tried to murder him and his brother. His brother is going around trying to kiss his girlfriend the evil doppelganger of his girlfriend is in town making shit confusing for everybody. (laughs) Including us. So then they leave and you think that it's going to be yet another thing that Stefan hides from Elena, (laughs) but she just figures it out immediately. He's like, Oh yeah, I told him to leave town. She's like, Oh, so you threatened him. Good. Yeah. She was good with it for once, which I would be happy with because creepy uncle John is the worst. I know. And it just brought it back to the first scene. Like, why was she even trying to save him in the first place? He literally just tried to murder her boyfriend. He murdered her brother's girlfriend personally. He's horrible. Yeah. And, like, almost forgot about all of the bad things he did. Yeah. But even Elena has to draw the line somewhere, and she's just like, okay, good. She couldn't, she didn't have to, like, finish the job she could have just been like i see nothing what's happening with jeremy yeah she's too good of a person yeah 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 i would have left him to bleed to death she did do a very half-hearted job with trying to stop the bleeding like she took a dish towel for like eight seconds then she's like oh what's going on over there yeah fair (laughs) so i think then we go back to the lockwood sad party (laughs) <laughs> and Bonnie and Damon have a moment here where something about 
Caroline. Did they go back to the hospital and see Caroline before this? I think that... Okay, so this is when the instrumental version of How to Save a Life by the Fray <laughs> is playing in the background. So I took note of that important detail. But I think this is when we find out that Damon had actually given Caroline mm. his blood to um, help her heal faster. Oh, right. And they're at the hospital, and Bonnie goes in and sees Cal- Caroline, and she's like wide awake, has not a scratch on her, and is just watching Jersey Shore. And Bonnie is really emotional. Matt's there. And it's all very exciting for everybody. Yay, Caroline. Yay, Caroline. And something does happen at the Lockwood Manor, or whatever Lockwood Mansion, when Damon says something sassy and Bonnie gives him a headache. Yeah. I don't know what prompted it. I don't remember the exact details. It was typical Bonnie Damon stuff. They were were vibing a little bit in the scene, I thought, which was interesting. Um... Basically, she's just like, thanks for helping Caroline, but I still hate you and you suck. And then he's like making jokes about her not being a full-fledged witch yet or something. And then she gives him a headache. Yeah, about how it took Emily like bajillion years to learn the spells and that like Bonnie doesn't know shit more or less. Yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah. So that scene I thought had kind of a menacing yet romantic vibe to it weirdly did you get that i got the menacing i don't know that i got i mean not romantic but sexual tension which i never really had noticed before in this scene but it just seemed like how close they were standing and like the direct eye contact was like love you hate you yeah, I don't know if I interpreted it as so much like romantic or sexual as like Bonnie kind of taking her own like ability into mind and like standing yeah. up to Damon in a way that she wasn't like kind of subservient. She was just kind of like, I'm here and I'm proud and like I'm not gonna let you fuck with me anymore. Yeah, I guess she's just acting in charge and it just seems very seductive. Yeah, which <laughs> I mean, tr- very true. Yeah. <laughs> So then she runs into Catherine and immediately, well, she thinks it's Elena, but we know it's Catherine because the outfit and the hair. <laughs> and she's like, oh my God, I hate Damon so much. He's such a D-bag, blah, 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 blah. And Catherine's just standing there like, uh, yeah, Damon stinks. Yeah. So Bonnie reaches out and kind of like touches her arm. And as soon as she touches her, she knows. She She feels the cold vibrations of death. Yeah, it was the same face that she made when she, like, touched Damon in, like, the beginning of season one. Uh, She said, touch Stefan, and also... Oh, Stefan. Ben of the Mystic Girl. Oh, yeah. (laughs) R.I.P. Oh, when am I going to learn these characters' names? (laughs) The thing is, I know their names. I just can't keep them straight whilst drinking and doing this podcast. Fair enough. Sorry, people out in the listening world. So my first kind of instinct in this scene was that I really wanted Bonnie and Catherine to just become best friends and, like, take over the world together. Oh, that would be a good spin. But unfortunately, Bonnie, like, makes her excuses and runs off and calls Elena and is like, hey, where are you? And finds out she's still at home and she's like, shit. And, of course... Catherine has zoomed into the room to eavesdrop and she's like hey Bonnie I'm Catherine yeah like I know that you're the vampire hating Bennett witch and then (laughs) 
Bonnie tries to give Catherine the headache, and Catherine pretends that it affects her for, like, maybe two seconds, Mm -hmm. and then she, like, claps back, and she's like, you think your headache can affect me? I've been alive for a million years, or, like, I'm too strong. I forget what she says exactly, but it's pretty No explanation of, like, why it doesn't affect her. Like, does she have a gaudy necklace or something that protects her from aneurysms? Maybe. I don't know. But she then kind of strangles Bonnie a little bit and face boners at her. <laughs> but Bonnie uses her powers to throw the door open. So, like, if anybody was looking at that door at that moment, they would have seen what appeared to be Elena with the crazy face boner yeah. strangling Bonnie. But apparently none of them were paying attention. For sure. And then Stefan shows up and he's like, Catherine, leave her alone and tell me what your plan is. Yeah, and Catherine was, like, slightly impressed that Bonnie threw the door open. Mm-hmm. I That's what I like about this show is that it, like, has a sense of humor about it. It's, like, just because two characters are, like, more or less intimidating each other and, like, trying to, I don't know, potentially kill each other, they still got jokes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if they stopped quipping at each other, maybe somebody would actually die permanently. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, so before Stefan and Catherine can go for a romantic walk to hear her story, Matt comes up and Catherine immediately starts pretending to be Elena. She's like, oh, I heard Caroline's doing better. That's so great, Matt. I'm so happy. Oh, yeah. Her <laughs> Elena impression was, was good. Yeah. And then Matt walks away, and I just thought this is really funny that just, like, this really quick aside, Catherine just says, his eyes are so blue. (laughs) I know. I was like, do I ship that? Oh, wow. (laughs) But no, he's with Caroline still, I guess. They kiss in her hospital bed at some point, but uh, Stefan then basically tells Catherine that he doesn't want to play her games and he doesn't know what the rules are or something. And she says, Stefan, there's no rules. Just like in our first 1864 flashback. Oh, I knew that that must have been a callback to something, but I didn't remember the details. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She said it in a very flirtatious way. And, like, he didn't hate it. He, like, kind of gave, like, a wry smile, I felt. (laughs) So I think at this point, um, we kind of leave Catherine and Stefan in the house and pop over to um, Tyler, who's sitting in his dad's den, just drinking from a flask by himself. And uh, wait, did I say Jeremy? You said Tyler. Okay, good. So Tyler's drinking by himself, and then Jeremy walks in, and he's just kind of like, hey, man, you know, I'm really sorry about your dad. And Tyler's all like, why? My dad was a total dick. And I'm like, true. At, yeah. least, at least you can be honest, Tyler, with all the other shit you have against you. At least mm-hmm. you can be honest. So Jeremy and Tyler start kind of drinking from the flask together. Because Jeremy agrees, yeah, your dad was a dick. It, very true. You might recall the time that he tried to make them fight each other in the parking lot. And yes. it was really creepy. It was. I was thinking about that and how aggressive he was. Um, so they're drinking together and they're kind of somewhat bonding over the fact that both of their dads are dead Mm -hmm. when Uncle Mason walks in and he's like, 
hey, fellas, what's going on here? And Jeremy is a little wimp, so he gets nervous and kind of gives Uncle Mason the flask and runs away. Mm-hmm. And then Uncle Mason takes a sip off the flask and looks at Tyler and is kind of like, oh, hey, buddy, what's going on? So he's And he passes the flask back drinking. over to him. Exactly. Yeah. And I think at some point around here, there's also a moment with Damon and Elena. Like, they're in a room alone together for a minute. Or no, they're out on the porch. And they talk about him kissing Catherine. And he's like, I don't understand why you're so surprised that I would try to kiss you. And she's like, I wasn't surprised about that. Like, you obviously have a huge boner for me. But I was really surprised that you would think that I would ever kiss you back in a million years. <laughs> oh, you burnt. And then he tells her that he she hurt his feelings. Yeah, that was really sad. Poor Damon. Whatever. Ugh, I know. It's, a, it's an awkward situation, but he's being a little baby about it, I think, personally. He is for sure, but at the same time, I can't help but feeling bad for him, even though he's... <laughs> I can't explain my feelings when it comes to Damon and the show. Fair enough. So after that happens, Catherine and Stefan kind of leave the house and go on a tiny romantic walk together. And they go by some sort of tree or creek or something. And Catherine's like hitting on him straight up. She's Mm -hmm. like, Stefan, you know, you look really good. You look stronger. You look better, sexier. And he's just kind of like... Catherine, why are you here? You're selfish. You're a manipulative bitch. <laughs> and I'm just kind of like, dang, that's intense. Yeah. Um, and she basically says that she came back for Stefan, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, and he's like, fuck that. Unlike Damon, I haven't spent the last 150 years pining for you and obsessed with you. And then she lands a pretty sick burn. She's like, well, look who you're dating. I disagree. Oh, that was a sick, sick burn. And I am glad somebody finally has called out how creepy that is. Yeah, it's super creepy. We've known it's creepy. um, I don't care that you had to know her. Like, (laughs) it's weird. Oh, my God. So I appreciated that. But then, you know, they argue a bit. He says that, like, he'll kill her, I guess. And then she stabs him in the stomach. Oh, of course. <laughs> what, what did she even stab him with? I don't know. Did she, she just, just like, like, it looked like a little sword. <laughs> she, she like pulled it out of nowhere. I have no idea what she Was it like tucked in her leggings? <laughs> <laughs> like how many people have been stabbed in the gut on this show? It's happened to Stefan at least three or four times. It happens like on the regular. I think it happened in this episode. Did it not? Yeah, well, that's oh, where right she now. stabbed Uncle John. Yeah, she stabbed Uncle John. John, she stabbed Stefan. And he was like, I hate you. And she's like, well, Stefan, that sounds like the beginning of a love story to me, not the end. Ooh. <laughs> so and she's coming for your man, Elena. She is. But Stefan was, like, he said that he, like, hated her and that she's a manipulative bitch. But she was, he was, like taking the flirtation, I thought. Like, he wasn't, like, shutting it down right away. Yeah, I think he, like, makes a comment to Elena later that he, like, because she then comes and, like, dabs at his stomach wound with a handkerchief or something (laughs) on this, like, pretty little park bench. Mm -hmm. 
And he's like, I was trying to go along with her game and figure out what was happening. So I think maybe he was just trying to placate her a little bit. Okay, that's fair. But then she stabbed him and he threatened to kill her and said he hated her and she was a bitch. (laughs) So that kind of went out the window. True. Uh, But he gives this big speech. Uh, I think Damon is also there for this where... Or no, Damon's not there because he's talking about how Damon has finally like... No, Damon is there. <laughs> I'm sorry, you guys. It's been a couple weeks since I tried to remember plot points. So basically, he's saying that Damon kissed Elena, or what he thought was Elena, because he had feelings and he cared, and that that's really good, and he doesn't want Damon to lose all that progress he's made, that Catherine's going to like fuck with his head and erase everything that he's built up, and try to ruin their relationship with each other, and he's not going to let that happen. So they're not going to continue fighting over the kiss thing. Yeah. I finally got it. No, that's really good. I, like, (laughs) forgot that that happens. I wrote, Stefan asks to fight to the death, which I I had no idea what that means. That's what... (laughs) I think what I was saying was that, you know, they needed to stay united against Elena and not, like... Against Catherine. Oh, fuck. <laughs> fuck. Oh. Now I want to see Elena as a supervillain. That would be the most boring supervillain ever. Sorry, Elena. It would be like she wouldn't compliment people on their <laughs> cute outfits like, in the hallway. She wouldn't like give life-saving rings to people who just tried to murder her boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She would let Uncle John bleed out in the kitchen. Uh. So then we go back to the Gilbert house where Uncle John is packing his shit. And he was looking really rough in the hospital. And at first I was like, how did he get here? But then I remembered he drank Stefan's blood, so he probably healed. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he looked good in this scene. Yeah, he was like all gray and bloodless in the last scene. But now he's fine. But he's following the instructions because he doesn't want to be a vampire because he hates them. And Jeremy comes in and is like, oh, so you just come here and, like, kill all your evil vampires and now you're going to leave? I'm like, do you want him to stay, Jeremy? He just (laughs) murdered your girlfriend. Right? I know. It was, like, super weird that Jeremy was, like, calling him out on leaving town. People are weirdly lenient with Uncle John in this episode, considering everything that happened last season, especially... In the finale, which was, like, yesterday in Showtime. I wonder if the writers, like, had, like, a summer vacation or something, and then they, like, forgot what all had happened last episode. I don't know. But it was weird. It was super weird. So he's pretty much being like, I'm leaving town by Jeremy, and Jeremy's like, listen... Uncle John, I don't understand. You have that ring and it protected you, but what about my dad? Why is he dead? So Jeremy needed to get in one, like, weepy conversation before Uncle John could leave. Yeah. So Uncle John was pretty, like, pretty much like, listen, Jeremy, what happened to your parents was an accident. It wasn't supernatural, so even though this ring used to be your dad's and now it's mine, it didn't protect him then. Yeah, so apparently the ring can only prevent deaths caused by supernatural shit. Which, going back to my hot take from last season, the mm-hmm. fact that Stefan had actually orchestrated the accident. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> Beth theories. <laughs> Hashtag Beth theories. <laughs> so pretty much Uncle John leaves. 
And I was like, Jeremy, come on, at least punch him in the face. He killed Anna. Does Jeremy know that he killed Anna? Well, he knows he was behind the whole killing of the vampires party, I think. He must. Because he hasn't made a secret of, like, wanting to murder all vampires. And he knew that he killed Pearl. That's true. All right. But Jeremy's so stupid, it wouldn't... Like, he really is just the fucking dumbest. It wouldn't, like, surprise me if Jeremy had all of these, like, details, but didn't put two <laughs> and two together and just didn't realize that yeah. Uncle John actually murdered Anna in cold blood. Yeah, I, I guess that is possible, <laughs> sadly. Uh, so, bye, Uncle John. We hope we never see you again, you dick. Yeah, smell you later. Smell you later. So... Then we hop back over to the Lockwood Mansion, where Tyler is again in his dad's office slash den slash study, and he's looking at Mary Lockwood's family picture on his desk, and it's Mary Lockwood and Carol Lockwood and Tyler, and he's looking at it and reminiscing and just fucking slams the glass down on the desk and whooshes everything off the desk. Yeah, and his mom comes in and is like, Tyler, what are you doing? What is this? And he, like, shoves her onto the couch. Yeah, he, and, like, pushes her real hard. And she's like, shit. And then Mason comes in and, like, full body tackles Tyler to the ground and holds him down. He's like, look at me, buddy. Look at me. Stop. Calm down. As though he's a dog. Yeah. No, it definitely wasn't. He was, like, holding him down by, like, the scruff of his neck pretty much. Yeah. So he, like, gets through to him. Tyler calms down a bit. But, you know, Carol's freaked out. And... And Tyler says, like, I really don't want to be like this. I don't know why it keeps happening. So my other hot take from last season was that Mm -hmm. they're werewolves or something, and that's why they're so aggressive. And that Mason somehow has used his surfing to calm (laughs) himself down, but Tyler can't. It remains to be seen. It does. So Damon then goes back to the Salvatore boarding house, and he's, like, wandering around. Or he wanders into the living room and Catherine is just like sitting on the couch and he's like, wow, brave of you to come here. And I'm like, she's a lot older than you. She, she, could, she could kill you immediately. Yeah. It's not brave. No. But she claims she's there to say goodbye because she knows where she's not wanted. And he's like, okay, whatever. He pretty much says that he wouldn't expect this out of a woman her age. Did we talk oh, about yeah. that already? <laughs> Which is ridiculous because we know that Catherine doesn't age physically, but Damon is trying to use that as a way to slay her. And he is visibly... He's shook, as the kids would say. Damon Indeed. is shook, like, trying to come to terms with what's happening. So pretty much they get to a point where Catherine is like, Listen, Damon, you're either going to have to kiss me or you're going to have to kill me. And there's a moment where we're not sure what is going to happen either way. But then they start making out super passionately. And like ragefully. Yeah. Slamming each other against walls and stuff. Yeah. It was pretty sexy. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. They were getting into it. And uh, as you may or may not know, I, I think at this point in the show... Uh, Ian Somerhalder and Nina Dobrev were a couple. Oh. So I'm not sure exactly what the span of their relationship was, but it was definitely a thing during at least the first few seasons. I can definitely see the chemistry there for sure. But spoiler alert, Ian Somerhalder is now married to Nikki Reed from Twilight. (gasps) That's weird. (laughs) 
He has a type. Yeah. They seem cute. They, like, have a baby or something. I don't know. I saw them on some fan account we follow on Twitter, like, a picture of him kissing her pregnant belly. And I was like, they seem nice. They like to rescue animals or something. Oh, that's good. I I try to keep away from, like, the real life of these characters because I'm so scared of getting a spoiler from the Vampire Diaries. So, um... But that is good. Yes, the passion was definitely there. Good real-life chemistry translating onto the screen. Absolutely. So things are kind of short-lived when it comes to the passion because Damon kind of takes this as a moment where he's like, listen, Catherine, I have a question for you. This could erase the past 146 years of me pining for you. This could change everything. We could start over. The beauty is that we have all of eternity to make our relationship what it is. He gives this like beautiful speech. Mm-hmm. And Catherine is like, listen, Damon, I already know the question and I can give you the answer. The truth is I never really loved you. It was <gasps> always Damon. Or Stefan. <laughs> oh my God. I'm sorry. It was always Stefan. Oh, and gosh. That was harsh. Like, he's been playing a good game, like, ever since he found out she wasn't in the tomb, that he just hates her now and doesn't care. But he, like, really shows his vulnerability. And it's surprising because of how he feels about Elena, but he still has these feelings. And, you know, she's making out with him. They're ripping each other's shirts off. He's thinking, maybe I can just have this. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, actually, much like your other crush, I'm only into Stefan. And he's, like, crying. It's really sad. Yeah. I felt really bad. But it's also really pathetic. I, like, it is pathetic, but I I couldn't help but feel anything but sad for Damon. Yeah. It's just, like, you should know better by now. Like, if she wanted you, she would have found you sometime in the last however many years. Like, have some self-respect, Damon. Yeah. I guess my question for you, Claire, would be, do you think that she actually has feelings for Stefan, or do you think that she's just saying all of this to play up Damon's emotions? No comment. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is what I, this is the question that I'm struggling with currently. Yeah, yeah it's not really clear right now. Uh, but anyway, Damon is super upset, so he does what any good Salvatore does in any kind of situation. He just zooms into Elena's bedroom <laughs> and is sitting on her bed waiting while she comes upstairs. And he's a little drunk. He's very upset. Um, I forget what all they talk about, but he basically starts saying, like, there's something between us. You're lying to me and to yourself. Like, you want this. And it's really creepy. He starts trying to kiss her and she's struggling to get away. But also trying to like preserve his feelings. She's like, I care about you, Damon. But then she delivers the death blow. She says, it's always going to be Stefan, which is so close to what Catherine Uh, just said. It's almost like they're doppelgangers. Uh, It was just echoing Catherine's crush on him. Yeah. Uh. So they, like, wrestle a little bit more, and then Jeremy comes in and is like, what's going on, guys? <laughs> and uh, Damon then, like, freaks out and goes over to Jeremy and is like, hey, you want to be a vampire, right? It's so easy. The emotions, you can turn them off. You don't have to feel them. And then he fucking snaps Jeremy's neck like it's nothing. Oh, my God. And I was I like, yeah, Damon. I was like, finally, we don't have to deal with this douche anymore. <laughs> Because as we learned, 
uh, Anna's blood would pretty much be out of his system by now. Yeah, but, so if he tried to kill himself, he would definitely die. Yeah. Unfortunately, Elena really loves her brother, so she's not happy about this. Yeah. And then Stefan zooms in, and Damon runs away, and she sees that Jeremy is now wearing the gaudy Gilbert ring, because apparently Uncle John gave it to him since it's technically, you know, passed down from father to son. So that means that Jeremy actually wasn't killed and that he can come back because he has the gaudy ass ring to protect him. And it's like, we were so close to getting rid of Jeremy. Like, come on. I know, we had like five teaser moments in this episode. Give us this. It's the least we deserve. (laughs) In addition to Elena kind of taking care of Jeremy and being like really worried, she tells Stefan like, listen... I really hate Damon. And she just comes out and says it. So Stefan is kind of like, yeah, I understand. Um, But it's kind of sad because Damon is alone. Mm -hmm. And now he doesn't even have a friend in Elena. Yeah. There's like this whole sequence where he goes home and like throws a glass in the fire. Mm -hmm. And Elena is saying, I know he's acting out because of Catherine. And he wants to just make it easy for everybody to hate him. And guess what? I do. Stefan kind of half-heartedly tries to say, oh, he must have seen Jeremy was wearing the ring, so he thought it would just be a fun party prank to snap his neck in front of you. Like, yeah, like, (laughs) so it's it's okay. fine. Oh, I know. And she's like, he did not see that ring. He definitely did. He's a monster, and I hate him. Do you think that he saw it? Huh? Do you think that he saw Jeremy's ring? I don't believe so. I don't think so either, yeah. Yeah, so he's a little off the rails, and Elena is now not having it anymore. And it's like, he's done a lot of fucked up shit that could, like, get that reaction, but this is what put it over the edge, because, again, she loves Jeremy for some reason. (laughs) So So I think that I forgot a detail from the scene where I was talking about how Tyler was hulking out and Uncle Mason was holding him down. well, I think there's a scene later where it's just the two of them, like, kind of oh, talking about what happened. Okay, then that is what I'm thinking of now. Yeah. So Tyler was pretty much like, I don't know why I get like that. You know, I don't want to be like this. And Uncle Mason tells him that it's the curse of being a Lockwood. Mm-hmm. Which is presumably explaining why Mayor Lockwood is now dead and why Tyler is so aggro. Yeah, and Tyler's like, how did you avoid the gene? He's like, well, I didn't. I just learned how to control it by Mm -hmm. becoming a free-spirited surfer with a truck. (laughs) (laughs) So he's going to presumably help Tyler deal with his rage issues. Oh, no. Is Tyler going to become a good guy? I can't go to liking him. I can't. No comment. (sighs) Um, They can't do this to me. I've been through enough. (laughs) I think the one thing we missed talking about with Mason was a funny moment at the, I almost said party, at the wake, <laughs> where uh, Damon is talking to Sheriff Forbes, and he's like, who's that guy talking to Tyler? And she's like, oh, uh, that's Mayor Lockwood's brother, Mason. He doesn't care about mayor shit. He doesn't believe in supernatural stuff, um, because Damon asks if he's also on the council like Uncle John. Okay. And she's like, he's nothing like Uncle John. First of all, he's not an ass. <laughs> I loved that. It was so blunt. I'm glad that people are still ragging on Uncle John, even though he's, like, bleeding out in the hospital. Me too. You have to 
I assume people don't know about that, but anyway, so the final scene is like our big gasp shock moment. That's right. So as we know, Caroline is in the hospital doing more or less well, watching some Jersey Shore. Um, so Catherine goes to visit. In the middle of the night. In the middle of the night, and Caroline is sleeping, and she wakes up, and she's like, oh, Elena, you really scared me. Like, I wasn't expecting you. And then I think Catherine says, like, I'm not Elena. Yeah, she just says, my name is Catherine. Oh, yeah. And I have a message that I want you to deliver to the Salvatore brothers. And Caroline's just like, what? What? And that (laughs) message is game on. Mm -hmm. And then she takes the pillow and just smothers Caroline seemingly to the death mm-hmm. and then I noticed this was really different from usual it's usually like a very harsh cut to the title card like at the end of the episode but this time it faded into the title card and I don't know if that's just something that starts happening in season two but it really surprised me Oh, it was I like a gentle that. transition. Yeah. Like perhaps her transitioning from life into death. Oh my god. That's so stressful. Yeah, because you see her struggling and then she kind of just goes limp um, mm-hmm. towards the end. And that's the end. What do we think's going to happen? What are I, your predictions for this season based off of the premiere? Oh my god. So I predict that Caroline isn't dead. Okay. I really hope that there's some way that she comes back. I don't know how it could happen, but it wouldn't be the fucking craziest thing that's <laughs> happened in this show. And I've really grown to love Caroline. Yeah. Um, I think that we're going to see a resurgence of the Damon Stefan feud. It kind of like healed itself a little bit towards the end of last season, but now that you know all of that shit went down with Catherine, I think that we're going to see them um, feuding. For sure. Mm-hmm. Aside from that, I don't fucking know. Like it, like I, I know that we'll see something with Tyler and find out that he's a werewolf or whatever. <laughs> um, but that's kind of all I got. They, they kind of closed up the Uncle John loophole. Mm-hmm. Catherine's back. I think that she'll probably disappear for a little bit and then come back because that seems how she, like how she is. But yeah. I don't know. For me, watching this episode and knowing everything that happens this season, mm-hmm. it feels more like kind of tying a ribbon on last season than actually setting up the full season arcs. Like, there's a little bit of that, but it's uh-huh. also a lot of, like, what happened after the cliffhanger of the season finale. Like, what happened to Uncle John? What happened to Jeremy? Yeah. Uh, what's up with Catherine? Which, you know, we only get a little bit of. But... I think that's why it felt to me like it wasn't that great of an episode because I'm like, I want to get to this thing and this thing and this thing. But it was kind of mellow in comparison to what you might expect from the season finale. Yeah, I could see that for sure. I guess because it's the first time seeing it, I'm just kind of like soaking it all in. But to your point, you don't really get that much setup of what's coming next. Mm -hmm. All right, so... First time in season two, who you want to punch? Ooh, I want to punch Uncle John. Yeah. I still want to punch him. Punch him straight out of town? Yeah, every time I see him, I, I feel like this might be the end of him for a while, but I don't think that there's any way the show can go on for seven more seasons and that douchebag doesn't pop up again. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> 
you have a lot of no comments, which I I don't want to spoil you on anything. I know, I know. I appreciate that for sure. Um, Yeah, just like the fact that even on his deathbed, more or less, when Stefan and Elena came to him, not to like make amends, but to just try and be civil and get information from him, the fact that he was kind of like, the fact that my daughter is with you makes me sick, and that means like that she's not my daughter or whatever. Yeah. It just honestly like made my stomach churn. That guy. He sucks. He sucks so bad. Good riddance. Yeah, get out of town. Literally. Who do you want to punch, Claire? I think you're going to disagree with me on this one, but I'm going to say Damon. Mm. Like, if he had killed anybody other than Jeremy, we would be, like, very upset. <laughs> That's true. I feel like maybe our feelings against Jeremy are clouding our judgment here a little bit. And I think the thing with Damon in this episode is that he did make so much progress as a human being, well, quote-unquote, human being over the last season we had grown to really like him and root for him and he's just throwing it all away immediately and i just want to punch some sense into him like you're better than this don't let Catherine get to you like Catherine's awesome but she also does not have your best interests at heart so you should just ignore her don't rise to her bait let her just do whatever she's gonna do and maybe like try to chill out and it it's like I want to continue seeing him like grow into his new good relationship with Stefan, uh, being around Elena and their little thing, but he's just like immediately erasing so much goodwill that he had accumulated, and that's mm-hmm. frustrating for me. Yeah. So that's why I want to punch him. I think that's a good choice. What he's dis- he disappointed with... me. Yeah, same here. And and what I'm struggling with is the idea of like. When are you responsible for your actions mm. more than your circumstances are, right? Yeah. So, like, he's, like, in so much pain because of his feelings for Catherine and then her pretty much throwing it back in its back in his face and saying that she loves Stefan. His feelings for Elena and then she is also throwing it back in his face and saying that she loves Stefan, but she also gave him not really a clear path to to think that she did have true feelings for him mm-hmm. but I just I have trouble maybe I'm a mansplainer I don't know <laughs> I'm having trouble blaming him which grosses me out but it's just what my true feelings are yeah Ugh, it's it's tough I mean apparently when you're a vampire emotions are really heightened when you have them turned on mm-hmm. so it's understandable why he has these extreme reactions but he's also you know, responsible for himself. Like, cause some property damage because you're so mad, sure. Maybe don't just go around snapping people's necks, especially when they're, like, the family members of people you're in love with. (laughs) I think that is a very reasonable... Pro tip. (laughs) So, yeah. I mean, I want to punch punch Damon less than I've wanted to punch most of my who-you-want-to-punches in previous episodes, but Mm. he's my major candidate for this episode but I don't hate him like Elena does yeah I'm just like get it together yeah she does hate him now yeah so who should have done it I think that uh, oh wait no we totally skipped wire men uh, wire men okay because you were being a mansplainer I was (laughs) 
I was wired in. Um, well, Beth said that Damon wasn't responsible for his emotions <laughs> because of his circumstances. So that's item one. Also, well, I have a real life story about wiremen to tell. Yes, please share. So I had a few minor wiremen moments in Toronto, mm-hmm. uh, mostly where I was like, "Oh, it's just as bad in Canada as it is in the U.S." Like, I was on a bus tour and we like stopped outside of some big building and there was a, a white man like screaming obscenities at somebody and like about to get into a fist fight. Mm-hmm. I was like, "It's like that everywhere." But the big story I wanted to tell is from my flight home. So I had the window seat and the gentleman sitting next to me uh, did not really feel that he needed to try to not expand into my seat area. And he was a bigger dude. So like I get, you know, I'm not exactly spelt myself. So like you want to try to make yourself small so you're not, you know, interfering with other people and like touching legs with them. Mm But he was not trying at all, which I knew because eventually I annoyed him enough by like pushing my leg back that he squished himself and it was fine for like five minutes. Mm -hmm. But then we had to fill out customs cards because we were flying back into the US. And so I did mine. He didn't have a pen because why would he think ahead? (laughs) And then he asked a flight attendant for one and they were like, oh yeah, no, sorry, we don't have one. I was like, you can use mine Mm -hmm. because I'm not a monster. Out of the goodness of my heart, I let him use my pen to fill out his sheet. And apparently he thought this meant that we were friends because then he spread right back out. And then this is the big part. So a little bit later, a a lady in the aisle across from us asked him if he had a pen that she could use. He's like, I don't, but she does. I can see if you can borrow her pen. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Don't try to lend my pen to other people. I don't want to pass it around the plane. Yeah. Like, if they want a pen, like, maybe ask your neighbor or somebody who isn't going to have to put up their tray table, dig around in their purse, yeah, and then hope they get it back. I was just like, are you kidding me? So I was like, um, I guess, but is there somebody closer to you who has one? And there was. He of was just course. trying to impress the pretty lady. Exactly. And, like, speaking on your behalf. Yeah. Really. Or, like, I because, like, ask her. I did him a favor. Now I was, you know, making myself available to anybody. So that really pissed me off. I was like, what is your problem? Uh, that is pissing me off as well. And, like, the fact that he phrased it, like, I can ask her. Yeah, instead like, of being how like, am I supposed to say no to that? Yeah. Like, no, you can't have my pen. But no, you can't have my pen. Yeah. So it goes to show you should never do nice things for white men. Because if you give a man spreader an inch, he will take a goddamn mile. Oh, it's so true, Claire. I'm sorry you had to deal with that. It's my own fault for trying to, like, be kind to somebody. I should have known better. Yeah. I often get into, like, a conversation about me going out of my way to be nice to people because Mm -hmm. I feel like every time I do like I get taken advantage of exactly it doesn't go in the right way I'd rather just be seen as a sour bitch than have people take advantage of me yeah and the man spreading on plane things is like a fucking epidemic like it is horrible in fairness to men on the flight there I sat next to a man he wasn't white so maybe that's why (laughs) he kept to his side very nicely and we had no contact between our bodies and I appreciated him 
And it's like, I feel like I'm giving a gold star to somebody just for, like, decent human behavior. Yeah. Oh, my God. I run into the issue a lot where I buy plane tickets last minute to go see my family, and mm-hmm. then I can't choose my she- my seat, and I end up in the middle between oh. two men. And then they're both hogging both of the armrests, and then I have to, like, literally jab my elbows in order to get any sort of comfort on the plane and then they look at me like I'm like the horrible person because men are used to just being able to take what they want without any resistance from the people around them so if you try to claim any space for yourself like you're acting out you're like not following the roles that Mm -hmm. they're used to that were they were raised with very true that's why the first thing I do when I'm on a plane is like claim the armor because I'm like, this is the least I can do to combat the patriarchy. If there's a woman sitting next to me, then I try and share it. Yeah. Actually, I try and share it if there's men too. (laughs) But I don't let them take it all for themselves. No, absolutely not. So, on the show... Oh, yes. Oh, the show. Why are men? The thing that jumps out at me most first is how rapey Damon was um, yeah. when he goes to Elena's room after Catherine shuts him down. Mm-hmm. Um, she's pretty much like begging him, like, no, Damon, stop. And he, like, continues to try and make out with her. And it was really disturbing. And, like, what was going to happen if Jeremy didn't walk in? Yeah, that's a really good question. And the fact that it took, like, a man to walk in, I mean, mm. I guess if you could call Jeremy a <laughs> man. Um, hey, quote-unquote man. yeah. For him to stop was also in in and of its own right and disturbing. Yeah, and it really reminded me of Buffy. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's like a very strong correlation between Stefan and Angel from Buffy and Damon and Spike from Buffy. And there is this famous scene in a later season of Buffy where she and Spike have been having basically hate sex for a while, Mm -hmm. but she wants to end it. And then he corners her in her bathroom. She like has just been injured and is like in her robe and he basically tries to rape her. And it was really upsetting. Oh my God. And that really reminded me of this. Like Damon wasn't as bad as Spike in that sense, but it was the similar kind of thing where it literally in that scene with Spike, Spike is like, I know you feel it too, like, there's something between us, like, I know you want me, and it was kind of the same thing here. I was like, spikes need to chill. It's horrifying, and they do, because even if there is some sort of, like, vibe or feeling... This is not the way to get it! No, and it doesn't mean that the person that you want to be with like that you can just like fucking rape them even if they do like you and even if they are vibing on you and even if there is chemistry they're not gonna like you after you rape them yeah like even if you think of it from a selfish selfish perspective they will not like you after you try and (laughs) rape them or kill their brother for that matter yeah so yeah that's uh today in this reminded me of buffy (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's an awful scene. And it leads, it's like at the end of the second to last season and the last season is horrible. And that just like kicks off the ending character arc for Spike, which is ridiculous. But anyway, you should still watch that show. I know I need to. Even though I spoil it for you like every week. No, it's okay. Maybe after I'm done watching Friday Night Lights, I'll watch them. Mm -hmm. Although Broad City and BoJack Horseman are coming back in the next few weeks. Oh, snap. (laughs) 
All right. So, yeah, men gonna men. The other thing that stuck out to me in this was how salty Stefan was about uh, Damon kissing Catherine. And how no matter how many times Elena was like, hey, hello, it wasn't me. So calm down. He was just like, Damon, get your hands off my property and my property's doppelganger. Yeah, it's like the cognitive dissonance there is like so big. The fact that it wasn't Elena and he's still acting like it was Elena. Yeah. Although he did then later kiss Elena against her will. True. But he was not mad then like literally after that happened he was trying to defend Damon to Elena oh you're fucking right oh my god so fuck you Stefan I still hate you he was a little more interesting in this episode than he usually is with like his bursts of rage but not in a like I like him more way no when they were doing the flashbacks to last season I noticed how much better his hair got like, in the first few episodes of season one, it was all, uh-huh. like, combed neatly. And now it's, like, very wavy. I didn't even and, notice that. And maybe there's, like, some frosted tips in there or something. Oh, shit. I can't tell. But it looks way better now than okay. it used to. All right. So now we can say who should have done it. Oh, man. You go first. I'm still thinking about it. Um, should anybody have done it? I have one that maybe should have done it. I, w- I think Aunt Jenna and Alaric should have done it because Aunt Jenna was in the episode for like two seconds and Alaric wasn't in it at all. Oh, yeah, Alaric, where are you at? So hopefully they were just off screen fucking. Uh, I hope so. I, I agree with that. My choice would be uh, I don't know. I'm like, haven't thought this through, but maybe Matt and Caroline if she's dead because mm-hmm. she loved Matt so much. Yeah. And he was being sweet to her in this he episode. Was. So that would be my choice. And he was obviously worried about her when she was in the hospital, which, again, giving gold stars for decent human behavior, but... This is what it's like to live in the Trump era. Somebody (laughs) acts just like not a complete fool, and you're like, oh, you know, really great job there. Yeah. But mostly, like, not a lot of viable sexual connections in this episode. (laughs) I mean, I think the sexiest moment was when Catherine and Damon were getting together. Yeah, maybe they just should have just banged one out. I changed my mind. Damon and Catherine. But she doesn't... She was just doing it so that she could throw Stefan in his face, I feel like. But I feel like maybe if they, like, pounded one out, they both would feel, like, a little better and they could work out their issues. Maybe. Or maybe not, but at least, like... Maybe Damon wouldn't have freaked out so much because at least he got laid. Because I feel like he hasn't gotten laid in a long time. He hasn't. I feel like the last person he made out with was Julie Cooper. Ah, and they didn't even get to have actual sexual relations. No, all he did was feel her butt against the wall. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. Well, that is a wrap on season two, episode one. I'm very excited to get to uh, subsequent episodes and we'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode and, you know, any questions you have for us going forward. So you can mystic follow us on various platforms. We'd love you to follow us on Twitter at the VD Diaries, uh, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram. We've said the handles a million times. There's a link on iTunes. (laughs) Yes, there is. And we would love a 
us all love it also if you could leave us a review because that helps other people find and listen to our podcast it sure does and we got a lovely endorsement from an instagram account uh, basically plugging us to their followers and really appreciated that it's like hello brother i think yeah it's tvd hello brother 171 yeah um gave us a really great shout out and we really appreciate you listening and also for mentioning us on your feed we love hearing nice things about ourselves (laughs) yes we do (laughs) so on that note uh if any of your family members are stabbed or neck snapped in your house don't worry they're probably gonna survive somehow or other just watch out for doppelgangers. They're Good everywhere. Tip. They are. Good tip. Thanks, everybody. Mozzarella.